In today's episode, we meet Christian and Lauren Corbett. Christian and Lauren are a power couple, a power evangelism couple that move in love. They're seeing that love transform the people around them. They live a missionary lifestyle where they're always available for the highlights that the Lord points out. And they're seeing people healed and they're seeing people saved all through love. It's available to every believer. Good evening, my friends. Yes, 60 minutes of the Firestorm Live broadcast coming at you right now, equipping and provoking and encountering with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of Jesus. The Word says that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Every single believer, this is the reality of our new relationship with our Heavenly Father because of what Jesus did for us. And the Firestorm Live broadcast is all about bringing on guests that are moving in a love relationship with the Lord to such an extent that they are seeing his hand touch people every day as part of their normal lives. And it's available for all of us. So get ready because this one... Always is fire, always exciting, but this one tonight, I'm so thankful that I actually have a husband-wife team. These are my friends Christian and Lauren Corbett. Welcome to Firestorm Live. Thank Thank you. you. I'm so thankful to have you guys. We met... Uh, It was probably about a year ago when you guys came into town here. I know you moved up to to be in full-time missionary work up here. But we actually got to be friends and know each other uh, when we went out on an equipping ministry together to to equip people in this in Brazil last uh, December or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where we met. So what got you up here from Alabama? Oh, man. So we'll go straight into that. Um so we're originally from Alabama, but we moved from Alabama to North Carolina for the military. Um, I was in an airborne unit, uh, 82nd Airborne okay. Division, and uh, got done with that, and we started doing construction. Okay. And then... Uh, so you were 87 Airborne. You were a paratrooper. Yeah, 82nd Airborne. Is your body torn up from all those falls and hitting the ground? And um. Nah, it's it's recovered. It's so I had okay. some had some things and some tweaks, but I haven't had any. I've been walking in complete wholeness. Uh, rarely even get sick now. So Amen. The knees and ankles are good now. I yeah. can run. I can jump. So okay. Well, carry on. So you got here from uh, from Alabama. Uh, so I went to North Carolina from Alabama, right. and then uh, got out of the military. Did some uh, work in law enforcement, and then went from there to construction. And then from construction, you know, one day the Lord just uh, told me and Lauren to quit our job and sell our house. And, you know, I was in such a deep love relationship with him at that point that I was like, you know, this is scary, but I'd rather lose those things than lose you. And so... Well, okay, so let's just unpack that for a minute because I think some of our listeners are listening to that and they're saying, okay, you say the Lord told you to walk away from your job, sell your house, move to a strange place. What does that, how do you know the Lord told you that? How, what does that feel like? How do you perceive that? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, man, because I didn't know kind of how long to go on that or how short <laughs> yeah, to go that's on okay. that. So you helped me yeah. <laughs> go a little longer on that. So um, uh, so basically, I, I was learning in that season to hear the Lord's voice. And the cool thing is I had no one to teach me other than Him and the Bible. 
So I was just going through these intense seasons of the Lord would call me and I would just hear his voice in my mind, but sometimes not even audibly. It's just like a feeling like I got to be with him. I got to be alone and I just go run away and, and be somewhere hidden. Um, so I was learning to hear his voice. And well, the word says, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Amen. So if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, I'd love to hear the Lord's voice. I've never really heard it. No, no, you can. If you're a believer, Jesus says you do hear his voice. So Christian, what I kind of would love for you to talk about in that is how do we tease out? Is that my thoughts? Is that just because I haven't drank enough water today and my mind is fuzzy? Or is that Jesus? Yeah. How do you tease out the voice of the Lord? Yeah, you're definitely going to have that. So every single time, no matter how experienced you are in hearing his voice, the first voice you hear after the Lord's voice is the enemy's voice. And he's going to be like, no, 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 that wasn't him. You don't need to pay attention to that. So the the best way to do that <clears throat> is to take a chance on it. And you have to because you'll never know. Mm-hmm. So if you hear something from him, you'd be like, well, I'm going to believe that I heard the Lord's voice here, and I'm going to I'm gonna test him in it. So say he says, that person has neck pain. The, then the enemy is going to say, no, you're going to sound crazy, but you'll never know if you don't ask. So yeah. you say, hey, did you have neck pain? And when that person says, wow, how'd you know that? Then you're like, oh, you're getting confirmed. Like They think you're yeah. some kind of super Christian, but you're just like, whoa, that was so cool. And I, it's not for voice. super Christians, right? Yeah. Is this, right. For, this is for the, the smallest saint can hear this. Exactly. And and Lauren, just as I've known you, you are so soft to the Lord, and I've seen you move in the Spirit in such beautiful ways. You absolutely hear the Lord's voice. You have some really cool testimonies of the, we call that the prophetic. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, I would have it that all of my sons and daughters would prophesy. This is what Paul wants, all of us to hear our Father's voice. So we were talking in the pre-show just kind of about what that looks like of, of hearing, hearing the Lord's voice and uh, what has the Lord shown you with that? So really he's made me go from being so in tune with my own thoughts into his thoughts and what he thinks about other people. So basically what that would look like is, well, for me, I've had multiple experiences of when I hear the Lord's voice, but like Christian was saying, you often hear the enemy's voice after, and he'll try to contradict what the Lord is saying. So you already know. So is that a clue then? Like, like let's just use the one you said. You know, I just, I'm walking down the street, I'm standing in line at a Starbucks, and I just get an impression, an idea, just a poof in my head that says, hey, the guy in front of you has neck pain. Yeah, and then at that moment, is that what it feels like? And then at that moment, there's that follow-up, which is like, you're going to look like a complete idiot. That's ridiculous. Why would you say that? You have no evidence. Is that a clue? Absolutely. That you actually heard from the Lord just previous to that? Absolutely. Okay. So that just confirms that you just received a word of knowledge from the Lord for his daughter or son. So definitely follow through with it because you'll be absolutely amazed whenever you get to experience that with the person. So just being in the midst of with that person, not even knowing that person, you are it's like a oneness that you have with that person and it's the first time you've ever met them. But you can 
go into this place the lord allows you to go into this place with them of really seeing the father's heart for them for other people yes i've found as i spend time with folks like you guys that i'm just so impressed with i want to be more like you know i want to i want to do what you're doing i want to move in this level but i've found Everybody wants to hear the Lord's voice for themselves. Like, Lord, do I take this job? What's up with my kid? How do I deal with this problem with my wife? We're all super self-absorbed. And we want to hear, he's not talking to me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And we get irritated. Well, what if the Lord wants to talk to you about other people more than he wants to talk to you about you? And when you get attuned to his voice for other people, then do you think, it comes back around and you hear him more for your problems, your issues? Yeah, absolutely, because it says to love your neighbor as yourself. So you should look to other people to, they're more important than you. I mean, they may not know the Lord yet, so it's an opportunity of where you can lay yourself aside and see Jesus in them and bring Jesus out of them even when they may not have even seen it yet. So it's really like a gift from the Lord to you in a sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, okay, give us a testimony. I want, I want to hear a, uh, a Lauren prophetic testimony of uh, when the Lord gives you information on someone and what did he do with it? Yeah, so um, one time I had the opportunity of going to a hospital and I this is what happens when you assume. <laughs> so you assume that you're going to go to a hospital and you're going to pray for patients. For sick people, sure. Yeah. That's why you go to hospitals. Exactly. But it doesn't always happen that way because you end up, well, the Lord ends up putting you in a place of where you have an opportunity to equip the nurses and the doctors to go back and pray for their patients that they've been assigned to. This happened to you? Yes. This exact thing? Yes. Okay, so you go to a hospital, like, <laughs> let's let's go and pray for sick people. Oh, let's go to the hospital. Okay. Well, they don't let you in, obviously. You can't just go into a patient's room. It's a lot of negatives with that, right? <laughs> but instead, you connect with nurses and doctors. Right. And what happened? So the Lord was just giving me downloads about them. I've never met them a day in my life. This was the first time that I'd seen them. Um, actually, I was in a completely different place, but that doesn't mean that this only can happen in a different place. I mean, this can happen at Centera Lee Hospital. You just yeah. have to listen to the Lord and just be in tune with his voice and what he's saying. So. Anyway, um, the Lord starts telling me all of these things about these beautiful doctors and nurses whom are his daughters and sons, and I'm just letting the Lord flow through me. And the reason why the Lord was flowing through me at the level that he was is I think it was because I was willingly putting myself aside, and I was choosing to look at them and not look at myself. So he, would, he was telling me how one lady had just recently had gotten engaged. She had no wedding ring on, but I just knew in my heart, this is what the Lord's saying, so I'm going to say it to her. And I said it to her, and she starts crying, and I'm just like kind of laughing, but not to laugh at her for crying, but I was just like, the Lord is so faithful because I would never know this. So as you're there praying for these nurses... The Lord communicates to you in your spirit, in your mind, that that one just got engaged. Yes. So you step out in faith and you say, and you just got engaged. She's wearing no ring. There's no indication. Right. And she gets immediately wrecked because how could you know that? <laughs> exactly. Right. And does that then open a door 
for her to be ministered to more for things of the Lord, he touches her even more. Absolutely, because then she knows that it's not, she already has recognized that there's no way that this lady would know this about me. Someone had to have tell her, someone had to have told her this. Well, obviously it was Jesus because I hadn't spoken to any of her friends to know. So the Lord just was telling me all sorts of things about her, some other of her friends that were nurses, and one of them had been in an abusive relationship. I mean, I could go on about this for a long time because there was a lot of nurses, but it's not to put the you know, the attention on me is to put the attention on Jesus. And when you willingly lay yourself down, he will speak to you in so many ways. But when that doubt comes, just stop for a second and think to yourself, who am I allowing to speak right now? Is this person who's speaking, is he over the voice of God? And if he is, you know that you need to take a pause and turn back to the Lord and listen to his voice instead. Amen. Mm. Wow. So what I'm hearing, a lot of great equipping points there, Lauren. Thank you yeah, for that. Absolutely. So when everybody wants to say, okay, how do I know? We say this. We say, Lord, tell me what to say, and I'll go talk to that guy. We all want to know first what to say. If you right. tell me what to say, I'll go talk to him. My experience is that's never happened really one time. But he says, no, Go start talking to him, and then I'll give you information. Absolutely. Everybody wants to know first. It's the same sort of thing as, you know, Lord, give us the extra money, and we'll give it to missions. And he says, no, give out of your need, and then I'll backfill it, right? Because that's what faith looks like. Faith in 21st century America is risky. Yes. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward, but that's where the seed of that's where the the power comes in. I think. Exactly. Right. Sure. That was such a prominent theme too. Going back to what we were saying about moving, that was what was so cool about uh, when I hear the Lord speak. I always want to check it against His Word and just make does this line up with what the Bible says? Yeah. Um, because there is the possibility that you could think some things sometimes, and you never know until you check it against it. Mm-hmm. And so when I received those dreams from the Lord, uh, quit your job, sell your house. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. I need another dream now to tell me what's next. <laughs> okay. But there was no next. So when I'm telling Lauren about it, I'm like, man, well, did the Lord ever just tell someone else to just drop everything and go, but they don't even know where they're going? And so I start looking through, and then I find yeah. the story about Abraham. Abraham. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Lord told him where to go. He doesn't know where he's going. I'm like, wow, this is so this is something the Lord does. So yeah. I can trust this. And he started to confirm it in different ways. And it's cool that he does it that way because it's development for us it's yeah. like it's like if you're fixing the car and you have a son i have a son on the way his name's gabriel he's, he's coming show with yeah. Us. Yeah. it's like if you have a son and you need to fix your truck you don't need your four-year-old son to help you fix the truck in fact if he helps you fix the truck it's probably going to take you twice as long yeah but you allow him to fix the truck because you want to learn you want him to learn how to fix the truck it's because you love him so much and that's what's blows me away every single time the Lord talks to me. Every single time he chooses to share something with me. I'm like, Lord, you could have done this on your own. You could have appeared in the sky, parted the clouds, and told this person this, but it's so humbling that you would choose instead to entrust me with it. Because even when he gives it to me, I can say, nope, not doing that. You know, so it's, it's really beautiful that those acts of faith always build 
small acts of faith build to bigger acts of faith and bigger and then yeah so. and then you're selling your house moving up the east coast lauren what was that like when christian came to you and said the lord told me we need to quit our jobs sell the house and move to a place that we know nobody because the lord said to go um so honestly i did not have any of the encounter that christian had but christian came to me and I just honor Christian for coming to me and being so willing to share that with me and also give me time to process it because I was just kind of like, what in the world? Like, where are we going to live? Like, we have three dogs. Like, <laughs> are we going to live in the car? Who knows? Like, but no, like, it was absolutely life-changing for me because it just made me going from having my hands so close to my own ideas and my own motives to opening my hand and just saying okay god like it's letting go and letting him and it was absolutely life-changing for me because it brought me into a deeper place of intimacy with the lord and seeing his faithfulness and his goodness that even when the sky is so dark around you he's still good like every day and every moment he is still good like just being you know and being afraid of something like he's right there like when you're frightened like you can run to him he has his arms wide open to you and he's gonna he's gonna sustain you he's gonna carry you through you're not gonna go in lack like it's a promise and when you were initially you questioned it he was so yes. faithful again and again to confirm it. Like, it's not like, no, you missed it the first time, so you're out. I'm doing this with somebody else. Maybe that's something you could tell him about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that happens a lot with me. Um, <laughs> and Lord, the Lord is so faithful to forgive. He, I just often, like, need to hear it two times. But he is so faithful to tell me the second time, and he's completely okay with it. Yeah. And basically i would ask him like lord i just really don't know like if this is what we're supposed to do like you know i'm not comfortable really moving like and not going and going somewhere where i don't know anyone or anything like where am i gonna work like i just got a new job like what do i do so in the moment of all of that i would ask him questions and he would talk back to me and he was so faithful every time to remind me lauren I am in control. I am in control over and over and over again. And eventually peace just over flooded me. And I knew that I could finally open my hand. Yeah, That's his presence. You know, I think people say, I want to, you know, hear the voice of God in my thoughts, in my heart. I want to know he's with me. Well, do you feel peace? Because if you feel peace, that's his presence. Mm. He is the Prince of Peace. So maybe we need to like, tune the radio a little bit differently i want a very clear-cut answer for this question well is there peace right now yeah there's peace well that's the answer here's his presence and then we can step in faith and do wild and crazy things so christian what i love about you guys um is that you you know the backstory with you know you're in the service and then you went to law enforcement and you're you know in construction you're a crane operator Dude, you are a normal guy. I love that about you both. You're very reasonable, normal, you know, lovely young couple. So as Christian is transforming through this, Lauren, and as you're seeing your husband moving in the presence of the Lord and hosting the presence as a normal part of his life, um, 
I've just talked about that transformation then maybe if you could talk about what's going on at work through all this time also yeah yeah so the um, you said that perfectly just like totally average guy doing average things um the only time i ever became extraordinary was when i started hearing the lord's voice and it wasn't that i immediately started a new job and it's not that you know it wasn't an overnight thing that the lord said all right i want you to quit your job and sell your house this was all over the all over the course of like a year and a half of him just teaching me to hear his voice and it started with small steps so it started with when i left law enforcement uh, for health reasons uh, and I couldn't find a job, and I started calling out to the Lord, like, I need you. So savings are running out. Just give me something. And so I'm at my lowest point, and I'm literally driving around the neighborhoods looking for someone building a house so that I can just walk up and be like, hey, do y'all need help? So I start doing framing. The Lord gives me a job doing framing. I'm uh, making, like, barely over minimum wage, cash money. I'm the only person uh that speaks English on my job site, which was great because I was learning Spanish, getting better at Spanish. Um, But I wasn't like in a low place to do that because I was, every day I was stewarding what the Lord was telling me and it was beautiful. So when I woke up, it wasn't like, oh, I got to go break my back in this 90 degree heat and and just uh, do this to make money. It was like, no, I'm going, I'm waking up, I'm putting some coffee in my my mug and I'm going to do what the Lord says and I'm doing this with him. And if somebody here today gets saved, then so everything I do had eternal significance. There was no more mundane anymore. So he takes me from there. He, I just hear his voice there and I speak to everyone that I can about him. And if the Lord says something for me to tell my boss, something that needs to, you know, some hard disciple points, I do it because he's worth more than my job. So I do that from three jobs and the principle of stewardship shows itself so true because I went from that job to a job as a crane operator. I wasn't certified. He puts me in a place that I shouldn't even be able to be and he just opens the door. So then I get certified there and then he does it again. I witnessed every person at that job and I'm literally, I'm driving by a job site one day and I see these huge lattice boom cranes and I said, it would be so cool to work there one day. Little did I know, two weeks later, I would be working at that place, operating those cranes that people operate for 20 years and don't get to do those. And so that principle of stewardship showed itself true that if I just focus on the Lord first, you know, focus on first the kingdom, you know, I'm at work, but my thoughts are in heaven. You know, they say, get your head out of the clouds. I say, get your head in the clouds. (laughs) Pay attention to your job, but you're doing it for the Lord. And it all becomes awesome. So what does that look like? just on a day-to-day so you're a crane operator and what you're praying for the guys on the job you're praying for your boss i mean what does that practically look like yeah so uh, practically it looks like focusing all day long first on what the lord is saying just really paying attention starting my day out with him waking up early spending time with him hearing his voice like god what do you have for me today just worshiping him and then so when I get to work in the morning, my coffee's steaming, and I'm just thinking about him, and I'm thanking him, God, thank you for this coffee. Thank you for the sunrise. Thank you for this day. And just continuing to do that all day long, and then he starts to just tell you things, and you're like, wow, that was cool. I had no one to teach me these things. It was only the Lord, and it was just the coolest thing. Like, uh, So he'll just start telling, giving me his heart for the people. Okay. And I've never been a person that was good at caring on my own for anybody other than myself. I was great at caring for myself. You can ask her because she's been with me for a long time. But uh, he made me start to love people. 
and to love people enough that I was okay with humiliating myself. Like, I'm okay now with not being the cool guy. I always wanted to be the cool guy, the popular guy. But now I'm okay with being the guy that's the Jesus freak, that's crazy, okay. that doesn't care because he loves you, doesn't care that you're going to turn around and mock him after he leaves, but he loves you enough to be humiliated. So that's what changed the most was the love and just, just from, from hearing him. And it comes from a revelation of his love for me. Okay. I couldn't possibly love someone else without knowing first that how much the Lord loves me because I know that he's willing to give everything for me so then I can just I can love people better. And Sorry, that was really the, long answer no, to your very short question. It's okay. So really <laughs> what the show is about is equipping and provoking listeners that this is available for all of us. And just a couple of teaching points and things I pulled out of what you just said. So you're getting up early, you're spending time with him. Yeah. Spending time with him means I am in prayer, but I'm not just talking the whole time. You know, if you have a conversation with someone on the phone and you talk the whole time, that's a fairly minimal relationship, actually. It's really just all about you. You have to let the other side communicate. And that happens. That will absolutely happen if you come before your father knowing how much you're loved and you just sit there and you're like, Father, thank you, Lord, that I can even have access to you because of Jesus. Thank you for opening heaven. And then you just kind of riff. I'm going to riff right now. This is what it could sound like. Father, thank you, Lord, so much that you love me, that you want to talk to me, that you want to be right here. Lord, you paid the price that the veil is torn. Heaven is open. I can come directly to the Father. I can now boldly enter the throne room and get grace in time of need. I thank you for that, Father. This is kind of how you start. And then you just get quiet and you just kind of listen. What do you have for me today, Lord? And, and for me, I ask really specific questions. I have things like, Lord, show me the face of the person you want me to pray with today. That's good. I ask for things like that. And then something will just pop in my head, like a TV screen in my mind. And I'll just go about my life. And then I pray this, like, Lord, don't let me lose focus. Don't let me lose focus on what you have for me today. Because it's really easy to get super self-absorbed and thinking about all the stuff I got to do. And I got to go pay this. And I got to go do that. And then we got to go pick up the this and the that. And you get so focused on us. Anyone who would come after me must first deny himself so lord thank you that it doesn't have to all be about me today could you keep me focused on you mm. in jesus name amen it doesn't have to be long and professorial guys it just has to be your heart to your father who loves you and then he starts revealing things in your heart in your mind so as christian is going through this transformation and he's praying for people at work how is that affecting you, Lauren, how's that affecting home? And I feel like that was really the catalyst that got you guys sell the house, move up north, do all this stuff, and now you're moving in such a fullness level. Um, it's just beautiful. But what's the, that transformation that you're seeing in your husband? How's it splashing over into other areas of life? Yeah, so I'd never seen Christian like that before. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was like, it was like a night and day transformation. I mean, I could see Jesus whenever I would look at Christian. And it was like Christian would just have these moments of where he would stop what he's doing. He would, We had an upstairs house, and he would take off running upstairs like a three-year-old to, like, go and, like, put himself away just to be in the presence of the Lord. And I'm like, what is he doing? So 
<laughs> yeah. So I would see him do these things, and then I would see this transformation, like in atti- in his attitude, in his overall day, how it went from less of Christian to more of Jesus and more of other people. And he would come home and tell me these testimonies of, oh, I got to talk to this guy today about Jesus and, you know, this, this, and this happened. And I would just, it would sit so heavy in me, but not in a bad way, not as if it was a burden. It was like the Father was calling me also in that because I'm married to Christian. We're one. We're one flesh. And it completely and radically changed our marriage. I mean, it changed the way that we looked at each other, how we prioritized each other, all of it. And when Christian came to me that day, I was more okay with, I knew, I knew, I knew, I'd known that Christian hears from the Lord. And so I trusted Christian when he came to me and he said, look, the Lord has told me that we need to quit our jobs and sell our house. And I was honest with Christian, as any wife should be with your husband. You should tell him the truth. That's a good word. You you should tell him, you know, whatever is on your heart, whatever the Father has put on your heart in that moment. But what the Lord had put on my heart to, to say back to Christian is, I need time. I need time to process that. And it was like I could hear Jesus talking back to me through Christian because... He's, his Christian's response was, that's okay. Like, I'm not putting a time limit on this. It's totally okay. You know, let's pray about this together. And it was in the midst of that togetherness that the Lord was first. He was in the middle of our marriage. So it was easier to let go and and lay myself down to go when the Lord says go. And that was all the Lord, too. That's a testimony itself. First, I want to give you a little more credit than you gave yourself. Is You didn't say, I need time. You said, you said, um, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, you said that um, I need to hear from the Lord for myself. And I was like, man, that's good. But the old Christian would have, would have expected an immediate response on a life-changing decision. Like, you're just supposed to say, like, oh, I'm your wife. I'll go wherever you want right this moment. Yeah. And so I think it shocked her when I didn't respond that way, but Jesus came through and said, I'm not putting a time limit on this. Let's pray about it. And when you have peace, we'll move. If you don't have peace, we won't. And so that was just to give you a little more credit. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah, thank you. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, the Lord, like I go, you know, to backtrack a little bit, I would ask the Lord, how, how do I know? How, how do I know that I'm supposed to do this? How do I know that? Christian has heard that we should move, sell our house, quit our jobs, everything that we know here, and just leave it behind. The Lord would speak to me in dreams. He would speak to me in devotions. I would read devotions, and it was like the author had literally (laughs) written it just for Lauren to read. And in prayer, I would ask him questions, and he was so faithful to answer me every single time. And so I knew, I knew after, and it's okay. I just want to tell you all this. If you have to ask the Lord more than one time, it is okay. And there's no shame in that. He's so faithful to tell you more than one time if that's what you need. So, yeah. Yeah. So the Firestorm Live broadcast is all about equipping you to move in what you hear from the guests. 
So this is not super Christian hour. This is normal Christian hour. This is normal Christians that want to equip and encourage and provoke you to, to move in the same thing. So, Lauren, we're going to take a quick break here in a minute. But before we do, could you pray for our listeners right now, whatever the Lord puts on your heart for them, but maybe specifically in the, in the realm of hearing the Lord or the prophetic or whatever. But uh, let's. Yeah, absolutely. Ahead. Lord, I just thank you for each person present listening to my voice right now lord i just pray that your voice would just power over mine and pierce through hearts right now in jesus name lord that you would meet the need lord whatever the need is god that you would meet the need whether if they're at home cooking dinner with their family on the way home from a long work shift lord that you would meet the need whatever it is lord we have been through a lot within this past year, Lord, but you are so faithful and you're still good. Your promises remain the same. You're still with us. You haven't left us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us eyes to see, that we would hear your voice, God, that we would just cancel the thoughts, the negative thoughts, and we would just put our focus back on you. Lord, that we would just bind our minds to the mind of Christ and that we would listen to what you say over anyone else or over anything else, any circumstance, Lord, and any other negative news that we may hear, God. We just put our eyes on you, the one who deserves it all. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just equip us all right now in this moment to speak to your sons and daughters that are hurting around us, even the ones that may not even be hurting, but they're just holding on, God, to hear a word, Lord. May you just give us your voice, your voice to power through, to speak to them in a way that you would speak to them, Lord, that we would be humble and that we would just be your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Firestorm Live broadcast comes to you on 89.1 FM, the Word in Praise out of Cheriton, Virginia. And it's our honor to be on this station. It is our honor to be able to encourage you that the Lord has so much more for you than maybe anybody ever told you. Definitely more than you've ever seen, whatever you've seen. You know, we're going to have a testimony in a minute about seeing blind eyes open. You know, whatever you've already seen, I just promise you there's more because we serve a creative creator God Mm -hmm. and he's got so many facets. And the closer we get to him and the closer we get into his presence, the more he reveals more and more of himself to us. He says, you know, seek me and you'll find me. That's what Firestorm Live is all about, is sharing those testimonies that hopefully you can get a vision for the same thing is available for you. We are not super Christians. We are normal Christians who know we're loved, who are sons and daughters. Mm. So my guests tonight are Christian and Lauren Corbett. They are just friends, cool, cool young couple. You guys are expecting a baby soon? Yes. Yes. Little Gabriel (laughs) is going to be born when? November 5th, God willing. Yeah, so that's just just, uh, like two months or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So got a baby on the way, first one on the way. We were talking about, you know, your background of, you know, moving through the service and into law enforcement, into construction, and as a high-level crane operator. But what I love about it, Christian, is you would go to work every day with the mentality of, Lord, I want to hear your voice 
for these people that I'm going to work with? And then what kind of stuff were you seeing on the job as you're as you're listening for your father's voice and he's showing you stuff for other people, what kind of stuff were you seeing happen with, with these folks? Yeah, so um, I, I like how you said that too. What I, would, what I would tell myself is that every day my, job, my goal was to be Jesus in a hard hat. So if you could imagine Jesus in a hard hat, that was, that was my goal going to work. And uh, what it looked like was um, me not being there for me anymore. And the thing... I found myself saying to these people all the time is like, I wish you would have known me a year ago because they would have seen the trend, the transition, but they only ever saw me as this new Christian. So they only knew this weirdo who was always talking about Jesus, who was just like, didn't do the things that we do on a construction site. Don't, doesn't use profanity, doesn't talk crudely about women and who even will, will be around you when you do that and won't judge you for doing that, but it's not going to take part in it also. Um, so that's, I think that was the, the biggest witness was that they would see that I tried to live out the things that, that I'm saying. It's not, I'm not just Christian in name, like my actual name is Christian. That's a good but, point. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> I'm actually trying to, to do these things and, uh, just praying for people, not too many miracles on the job site. I think that that was just through the familiarity, uh, but we, I did see one one miracle there where I prayed for a guy's knee. He was going to go and have surgery on his knee and prayed for it, and he was in pain. Actually, it was two miracles. Uh, prayed for a guy's knee on the job site that was healed. Uh, the pain went away, and he was shocked by it. And then also had a chance to pray with another guy that I was on the crew with every day. Um, he was actually a Muslim, a professing Muslim, but he was still open to hearing about Jesus and uh, but whenever I prayed for his back and it was healed, I could tell that that was like a, that was like a moment where he's like, okay, like, so this Jesus has to be alive. Because yeah. How else? How would he have healed my back yeah. if he's dead? It's impossible. So I've those had are some two really cool things that happened there. Yeah, I've had some really cool testimonies. Um, praying for people that turned out to be Muslims. I've got a lot of them. In fact, it, for a while, it's like I had a, a rash of Muslims that were coming to me. The Lord was sending me to, you know, I was in a coffee shop once and we had been there. My wife and I had been there a lot. Uh, we knew kind of the, the workers and we knew the owner because it's a small place and we'd been in there a fair, a fair amount. And I was sitting there with my wife for breakfast one day and we're just talking. We're not even probably talking about things of the Lord. And um, there's these two brothers who were like the, I know they're from Turkey, they're Turkish, and they're just like, just jacked bodybuilder size, ripped. They look like professional NFL players, but they're like 50. So these guys are uniquely, you know, really strong. And, you know, the way men engage with uh, other men in public, we're not super social. We don't go up and talk to, you know, we just kind of, you know, lift our chin and go like, yo, you know, that's kind of the extent sup. of, of sup. That's like the extent <laughs> of male to male, strange male to strange male interaction. So I had seen these guys, uh, you know, a couple times because they frequented the same place. And, you know, we'd like make eye contact and lift a chin and be like, yeah, you know, hey, <laughs> that was the extent of it. So we're walking out one day and one of these guys, we're walking by his table. He's sitting with his brother and he grabs my wrist as we walk past. It's, you know, kind of a thing. And he looks at me <laughs> and he says, do you pray for people and they get healed? And I'm like. 
uh, man, you know, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I pray for people and he touches them. But um, yeah, but it's not really about me. It's about Jesus. And I don't know they're Turkish. I don't know they're Muslims. I just know these two big dudes that I see, you know, maybe twice a month or in here. Do you pray for people and they get healed? And I said, yes. He says, can you pray for my mother? And I'm like, yeah, man, what she got going on? And he, she's not even there. She's like, you know, someplace else. And uh, she's having terrible headaches and, and problems sleeping. And she's 80s or something. She's fully grown. Yeah, man, I can totally do that. I will have her in here next time when you'll come back. Wow. I'm like, okay. So a couple days later, we're in there. A week later, there's the big Turkish dude and his mama. And um, he reminds me. So, yeah, I prayed for mama. She speaks no English. And uh, my wife was with me. And we just prayed, Lord, for the sweetness and the presence and the peace of Jesus Christ to guard her heart and her mind. And I come against anything that would damage her sleep or concern her mind. Lord, would you just be the prince of peace in this woman that she would know you see her and that you love her and have a plan for her life. Mm. And they, you know, they're thankful and they look and that's that. I'm back in there a couple weeks later. I see the guy. I'm like, hey, how's your mom? He doesn't know. He's like, I don't know. I will text her. You know, he's not tied in every day. I mean, it's super organic, guys. This is not like a made-for-TV movie. This is the way it goes. Hey, how's your mom doing? I don't know. So he texts her. He comes back to me, and he's like, she is great. She has had no trouble sleeping. All of her headaches are gone. And I was able to say to him, I was able to say, that's Jesus. Yeah. He's touching your mom right now because he loves you. And then I did, and then I went to this. The Lord just gave me this. I said, you know, oh, because when I when he said, "Can you pray?" You know, "Can you pray for my mom?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." He said, "But we are Muslim," and I said, "That's no problem, dude. Jesus loves you too." Yeah. And that just kind of smoothed it out because he tried to put a stop on it, like, "We are Muslim." No, man, Jesus loves you too. So he brings his mom in. We ended up praying for her that day. Anyway, two weeks later. And I was able to say to him, that's Jesus. He's touching you right now because he loves you. And I said this. I said, you guys say that he's a prophet, but he's the king mm. because a dead prophet can't heal you. Yeah. Right. He's alive. Wow. That's good. He's alive and he's the king. And, and the guy like listens. He receives. He doesn't get an attitude. He's like, okay, because he saw it. So, you know, in Islam, they do, they do understand Jesus. They call him Esau, and he is a high-level prophet. So they know him. He's in the Quran many times. I've talked to many Muslims about this, and they want to know. You know he talks about Esau, but the, you know, the, their imams never talk about Esau. Yeah. So they ask me, is that Esau? Is that Jesus? Yes, it's the same. But I say this. He's, they teach that he's a dead prophet. Mm. But I say a dead prophet can't heal you. He's yeah. alive. And then you got to show him. We had a guy healed yeah. in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane in Jerusalem, the caregiver. Uh, me and my friend Ben Kirk prayed for this guy. And, uh, you know, Muslim man in his 40s, 50s. And uh, he got dramatically healed in the moment from some internal thing. It sounded to me like cancer, what he described. Wow. And prayed for him and didn't see any change because, you know, we're in and out and probably never going to see this guy again. Through just a cool system of circumstances, we were able to go back to that place a couple days later. We weren't supposed to go back. We hadn't, It wasn't on the itinerary, but we had some free time. And we said, hey, instead of getting a, wandering around buying all the little spices and stuff, let's go check on, his name was Mahmoud. Let's go check on Mahmoud. We can get a cab. So we got a cab. Our tour guide, our Israeli tour guide, calls him up because they know each other. He comes and opens up this garden 
you know, for us. And we're able to connect with him. And I'm like, hey, dude, how's, how are you doing that thing? He was describing like a wasting internal scary problem he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, since you pray for me, I have had no pain at all. Zero. Because he was explaining things that Thank sounded you, like, Jesus. you know, intestinal cancer type mm-hmm. digestive gastric crushing problems. Since you pray for me, I've had no pain at all. And my friend Ben says to him, he says, Mahmoud, have you ever had real peace? You ever felt real peace in your life? And the man is like, well, maybe when I was a child. And Ben's like, no, you, you want to feel that right now? And the guy says, yes. I got a picture of him sitting on a rock with this Muslim man putting his hand on this man's shoulder and the man weeping because he prayed, Lord, would you just show him your goodness and your presence right now? The presence of God hits this Muslim man in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the man is weeping. They don't do that. It's a cultural thing. They don't. They're very strong. And uh, the Lord just completely touched him. Now, we didn't get him in a headlock and say, you got to pray to receive Jesus now. You know what we did? We left him with an experience of the presence of God and his body being healed because I know that at the end of the day, when he's laying in bed and he's processing the fact that he's not in crushing pain every time he goes to the bathroom and he can stand up straight and all these things that he wasn't able to do that he explained to us, as he's processing that, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to his heart and his mind and remind him that that's Jesus. So that was just a sidebar, Absolutely. but I would love to hear, love to hear the testimony of blind eyes opening, seeing yeah. the blind regain their sight. Yeah, for sure. Come on. Um, so I, I told Scott earlier during the pre-show that uh, I have sort of a, uh, a bucket list and it's actually, my bucket list is, is actually the Bible, the New Testament, like everything that Jesus did I want to do it here on this side yeah. of heaven because in heaven there's going to be no dead people to pray for that can be healed. There's going to be no blind eyes to pray for so that they can see. So let's go for it now. What I what I love about that is that Jesus said that we would do greater things than he did, Yes, which is crazy cool because he did some amazing things. But as I was praying about that one day and just saying, Lord, you know, I want to see the greater things. He said this to my heart. He said, you got to see the same things first. So we can't see greater things until we do the same thing. So we need to see what? Um, Blind eyes open. We need to see the dead raised. We need to see deaf ears open, withered hands, right? Uh, We need to see uh, the lame walking, people getting out of wheelchairs. We need to see um, the the, the disease, the leper, um, demons jumping out of people. And demons jumping out of people just when he walked in an area. He didn't like make a big scene they made the scene so i want to see those things exactly i've seen almost all of those already but let's talk about blind eyes open let's see the same stuff before we see greater things yeah so i was talking to that morning we were going out and we were we were on an equipping mission all of us were there together uh, but we were on different teams lauren and i were on the same team but when we were going out that morning to equip uh, these people and hearing from the Lord and praying with people and seeing healings and just hearing from the Lord and doing what he says and doing the things that he did. Yeah. And let me just define what that is. Cause we know, but so equipping people, here's basically what we do. Uh, we travel the country, actually the world together. We've done this in lots of places, um, where we just train people in their identity in Christ. And then we go out and we practice, <laughs> 
like on the meal breaks, you got to eat. So we take out little groups, four, five, three, four, five, six people, and we just go do life. And in that process, we pray for people organically in the world, at the coffee shop, in the restaurant, walking the street, you know, at the red light while you're waiting to cross, yeah. right? That's what we mean by equipping. So we're taking out small groups and we're just teaching them how to go practice being Jesus, moving in love. Yeah. And it's so good because, like I said earlier, checking everything against the scripture, I want to know how did Jesus train people? That's exactly how he did it. He's like, I'm going to take them. They're going to watch me do it. I'm going to tell them about it, and then I'm going to let them do it. And I'm going to even, you know, Jesus knows everything before it happens. He's like, I know they're going to mess up, but I love them. I'm going to let them go mess up, and then when they come back, we'll talk about it again, and next time they're going to do it better. Um, So, yeah, that morning going out, our friend Brandon, uh, I think he's from Oregon. I'm not real sure, but a good friend of ours, he says, what do you expect to see today, Christian? And I'd been picking up on some some hints from the Lord, and I'm like, I think today is the day that we'll see blind eyes open. And he's like, wow, that's going to be cool. So um, just the whole day looking for that, listening for that. Uh, over the Well, actually, it wasn't the whole day, the whole session. So over the course of like two hours, just waiting for that time to come. And so I see this couple, this young couple. What do you think, babe? Early 20s? Probably, yeah. Early 20s, they walk by, and they have a... Um, a file that looks like it's a doctor's report. And I'm so thankful, like Lauren said, that he's so faithful because I don't always get it the first time. They walk right by, and I'm like, that looks like a doctor's report. I should probably talk to them, and they're gone. (laughs) And you missed it. Yeah. Yeah, So so I'm like, well, there went that. I overthought it. And then they come back opposite direction like two minutes later. Why would they walk this way and then walk that way? So I'm thankful for that second chance. And I'm like, all right. So I ran up and I just said, hey, uh, what are, and there was probably four or five people, probably six people with us. Uh, and All your little charges, the folks that you were coaching, yeah, exactly. they're all with you and they're watching this happen. Yes, and they're involved in it. It was totally a group thing. But I'm just led by the Lord and I say, hey, what is that? It looks like a doctor's report. Is it good news? And the girl says, no, or no, actually her boyfriend said, no, we just had a doctor's report. Uh, uh, a doctor's appointment and they said her vision is bad she's basically blind she wasn't completely blind but she's almost blind and they say that she will go blind and the unity of the spirit was so strong we had those six people not one of them missed a beat every single one of us all said no 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 and she fires back she like argues with us and she's like yes i will go blind the doctor just told me and again we're all like no 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 let's pray <clears throat> so she accepts the prayer, but first we test her vision with her own chart. We take one of the one of the papers from her chart, and it's got some big letters. And I'm going to send these to the pictures yeah. over to you. So you oh can yeah, for the share. show notes. Yeah, you can so we'll have them. this in the show notes in another day or two when my wonderful wife, who does all of that IT stuff, gets it all up on the site. So if you would like to to check up on this more, so you're going to find us at firestormunited.org, firestormunited.org, and then you can see all the old shows, including the show notes. And so what are we going to get? We're going to get photos of this lady looking at her own uh, medical report. Yes. And so we basically held it about 20 feet away. Um, yeah, 20 feet away. And it had some big letters and numbers on it. And we say, hey, read this. And she before starts, you prayed. Yes, before okay. we ever prayed. And she starts crying. And she's like, I can't read them. And we just try to comfort her. You know, hey, it's okay. That's what we're going to pray for. So we pray. 
And then we test it again. And it was not like a long, drawn-out, beautiful prayer. It's like, I see. In the Can you model it? Yeah, model it. What does that sound like for our listeners? That like, how do you pray for the sick to see blind eyes open? What would it sound like? Uh, eyes see in the name of Jesus. And then we checked it. That easy. Yeah. Eyes okay. see in the name of, about six, seven words. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's crazy because they're shocked because you know they're expecting something. It must take some awesome prayer to summon the, no. No. So I see, I see in, the name, of in the name of Jesus. And then we check it, and she looks and she cries again. I can't see it. And we're like, it's okay, let's try again. We ended up praying about five times, the same thing. And then on about the fifth time, she starts crying, but it's a different kind of crying. And she's not saying, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't see it and disappointed. And she's crying, and she's staring at the palms of her hands. And for a whole minute, we're all just like, come on, tell us what you see. Like, we need to know. Yeah. We can't see through your eyes. Please yeah. tell us. And she can't even talk. She's so choked up, just staring at her palms. All the things she could be looking at. And when she finally comes through our translator, she says something that we don't understand. And our translator says, she says that she never knew that she had these lines in her palm. And, man, I think every one of us were crying with her because we were just rejoicing. She's just amazed by these little lines that we've taken for granted our whole life. And so her vision is regained in a moment. And then we have a chance to counsel them. I go to pray for her. This was cool. I go to pray for her boyfriend uh, while they're praying for her. I go to pray for her boyfriend. As soon as I put my hand, I said, I'm going to pray for you. Put my hand on his shoulder. The Lord said, no, you're not. I said, oh, I pulled my hand back. And you say, well, how would the Lord tell you not to pray for him? The Lord told me I needed to counsel him first, that there was some sexual immorality. And so we go through that, and uh, he repents, and, and they're going to they're gonna live in a new way now, and they're going to live the way that the Lord says, and they're not going to... Uh, do those things until marriage. It's beautiful restoration, and then we pray with them together. But just the most beautiful experience, uh, just an awesome time. And Lauren was praying with her for some more stuff. I mean, she just received that day. Uh, I think there was some there was some deliverance that, yeah. that took place. Lauren was praying with her. Yeah, yeah she so she had anxiety. Um, she had a sleep disorder. She was on like. 10 different medications that she had to take all throughout the day and I just asked her you know do you want to be like healed from this do you want to be delivered from this and again she was just pouring tears and she said yes yes I do so we would just literally go through what every single one of those pills represented and we would just cast it out in Jesus name because we know that the Lord has taken these things to the cross for her to be able to not have to you know take these these medications anymore and so yeah I mean it was so what does that sound like because there is just a there is an epidemic of people that I talk to now that identify themselves as having anxiety and depression usually they don't admit to depression but lots of people admit to anxiety and taking anxiety which is fear yeah right so um how would you pray let's just model that yeah how would you pray for that spirit because the word says that we're not given a spirit of fear right but of power and love and a sound exactly. mind so that means fear is a spirit exactly. that's why we're using terms like deliverance exactly because it's a spirit that comes up on you so what would that sound like if you were praying for that young woman or how did you pray for her with that yeah so basically we would address whatever it was which in this case was anxiety 
and you speak directly to it because God has given us authority. He speaks through us, and he's given us that authority to speak boldly. So you call it out. You say, anxiety, in the name of Jesus, you must leave now. And it and it has to leave. Like, anxiety cannot stand in the presence of God. Like, it's just, it's not happening. And then you refill her with the Holy Spirit, which, like Scott said, is love, you know, comfort, joy, peace, hope. So in replace of once once anxiety has left, you just say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill in the gap, God, of where that anxiety has once left from. Now we just pray for joy and peace, and and that's the feeling of that area that was taken away. So Amen. And this is available for every single believer. Yes. So I feel the need, Lorna, I just want to pray. We have a, just a couple minutes left. I want to pray for believers that are struggling with that anxiety. You're afraid of, I feel like there are people listening, they're like, I can't even drive over bridges. That just hit my heart. I can't even drive over bridges anymore without getting almost incapacitated, unable to drive my car for some unknown reason. Maybe that's you, but we're just going to pray for against that spirit of anxiety right now. So just receive this. So Father, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that your blood is sufficient to cleanse us, not just from all of our sin, Lord, but also provide for all of our healing. Thank you, Lord, because of what you went through, we can be healed. We just want you to get the victory. So I ask, Lord, for victory right now, that you would get victory. Spirit of anxiety, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we command you to get out. Get out. Let them go right now. Minds be free to hear the thoughts of your Father, thoughts for your good, thoughts for a future and a hope. I thank you, Lord, that every place that anxiety has resided will be filled right now with the presence of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, get your way. I thank you for freedom of thought. No more fear. Fear be gone now in Jesus' name. Boldness rise. Lord, you say that faith will rise as we wait on the Lord, but I'm hearing that you're not going to have to wait anymore that it's over, that there is freedom coming. Thank you, Lord, for total freedom. Anxiety be gone in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. In our next episode, we meet Brooke Bawa. Brooke, upon her conversion, was saved out of a miserable life and a miserable situation. And a lot of people would run from the traumas that she experienced. But instead, the Lord turned her around and she became light in the traumas and the danger and the fearful situations that she had been put in earlier in life before she knew Jesus. And the Lord is using her to go speak life into hurting women that are in the same situation she was in. As she was comforted, Brooke is becoming a comfortor and it is amazing testimony of what God will do with his simple saints that are sold out for his glory.